Welcome to another Root Issues Podcast, where once again it is Luke and I, Chris, sitting around the table and we're going to discuss the generational gap of the Root Issues of today. Um, Steve was not able to join us this week as well, and so Luke and I are just going to take it on and we're still just kind of jumping in. Um, Steve talked another wonderful message on Sunday out of his This Is Love message and series and Today's title is going to be Moving from Faith in Jesus to Faith Like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I I just want to thank Steve, actually, because teaching this kind of stuff is hard. No, it's so hard. Especially in a town like this, it's so much easier to be like kind of the prosperity gospel in a sense, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is the message. So thank you, Steve, for being real. Yeah, no, without a (laughs) doubt, like just calling us to like, you know, that higher level of faith to say this is what we have. And, you know, what's crazy is... It's right out of Scripture, mm-hmm. which you would never expect Steve to teach anything that's not right out of Scripture. Yeah. But, I mean, it is. It's right out of Scripture. But how many times, maybe, have you read it and you've never been like, whoa, like, I'm, I'm supposed to have faith like Jesus? Like, mm-hmm. but he's my Lord. Like, how can I have his faith? And that's some of the things we're going to talk about today in the podcast. Um, in his moving through um First John, we got to chapter 2 this Sunday. And so today we're going to be looking at chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. I'm just going to go ahead and read that out for us so that we're all kind of on the same page and look for it and see where we are called to have the same faith as Jesus did. So chapter 2, the Word of God. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is our propitiation. Steve said it's so much better. (laughs) Propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Okay. There you go. So sometimes, like, when I read that, yeah. I think of works almost in a sense. Yeah, it says that. Boom. Jump right into works. Yeah, what's the checklist? checklist what's the checklist I can yeah. do to make me and God good? Um but would you say it's something other than works, you think? Or? Oh, well, I mean, it's going to be something else other than works. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like when we look at for the checklist in the Bible, and I was always a big checklister. And so I think it was like in, P, you know, gosh, where was it? Philippians. But there's a checklist of like, you know, do this, and then your faith will grow, and then that mm-hmm. leads to perseverance, and perseverance leads to this. And you're like, ah, oh, there's the checklist. <laughs> I just got to set it. my life up to follow into these things, and it will always work. Well, that's like this little sub-checklist. It's not a checklist of things we do, but it's showing us how perseverance carries us forward and how our faith grows. And so it's like, oh, when I'm experiencing some of those things, that should be my attitude. I mean, what we're seeing here is this larger definition of love and lordship. Okay. Okay? And so, I mean, John is constantly referring over and over and over again to obedience. Now, I love this section like, you know, like if any one of us sins, I'm like, okay, well, that's me, and yes, I need that righteousness because I do sin. Because, I mean, John kind of said it there at the beginning. He says he's writing these things so that we may not sin. 
And then he says, but if anyone does, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm anyone who does, you know, because there's sin in my life. But when I look at it, it's like, how do I look at my sin in reference to my relationship with God? And so one of the things that I was talking to Luke about earlier is just this example of if I go to my son Samuel and I'm like, Samuel, clean up your room. Like your room disgusts me. Like Samuel, get it organized. Samuel, get the Legos off the floor. Samuel, which clothes are clean? Which clothes are dirty? And if I constantly just barrage him and beat him up and beat him up and tear him down and show him how displeased I am, he has two choices. He can take one choice and say, you know what, Dad? I'm cleaning up my room so you will get off my back. Yeah. And so it's like I'm checking off the list so you'll leave me alone. The other response is if I came to him as a father and showed him this is the way we live in our house. This is what we consider clean. This is what we consider like out of order. We love order in our house, and you will learn to love order if you live in order. And then he says, you know what, Dad? I'm going to clean up my room. I'm going to clean it up because I know it pleases you. Well, that changes everything. And so the first response of, I'll do it so you get off my back, is the lowest form of love. He's still being obedient, and obedience is love, but his obedience is out of a heart that just says, I'm checking off the list. The second one is his obedience is wanting to draw closer to me. Wanting to have my approval, wanting to make you proud almost. Yeah, make me proud and just see that his heart is the same as mine. And so when we look at this, John is just kind of throwing out there this level of obedience. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a hard call because I think all of us think about our sin and we're like, ooh, well, that's, that's that word appropriation. Like Jesus has taken care of that. And if we then continue to grow in him, then we're seeing that we have love in him and we are with him. So, I mean, okay, so you went straight to works. Where did works come from? Is that like real big in your generation and the younger generations, like looking for the checklist, just looking for the things to do? No, I mean, I think when you just hear obey, Uh I think maybe that is because you think to works because so many of us. And just culture try to find the easiest way out of doing something, okay. right? Yeah. So you immediately go to like, what's the easiest way to do this? Yeah. I guess the lowest level there, okay. least amount of effort, maybe least that's why amount I went of to effort. There. Okay. And I yeah. think that maybe is the root issue is like, there's a lot of effort if you want to mm-hmm. live for Jesus in the yes. sense of like, the world's not going to be treating you like no. easily, mm-hmm. and so in a lot of ways it's just easier to rebuke rebuke Christ. Yeah. In a lot totally. of senses, so we see this like you know, Peter saying. That's one form of rebuking him, like yeah. telling, saying you don't belong to his family, essentially. Yeah. And then just there's a lot of more subtle ways, I think, that okay. our culture does it, and especially people yeah. my age. And so, like, I mean, like, would you say, like, the younger generation is constantly always kind of maybe looking for the easiest way out? Like, what's the least amount of work I have to do? Uh, they want the least amount of judgment, I think. Oh, okay. So, so whatever, yeah. whatever is the easiest way to not be judged, I think. Okay. And a lot of times that involves like, okay, when you're in this situation, you act like this. This situation, you act like this. So just yeah. being kind of wishy-washy with. <laughs> okay. And so in that wishy-washy, almost. like, you know, if you're with this group of friends from school or you're with this group of peers and they act this way or they do this, you don't want to be judged by them. Mm-hmm. And so therefore you will just blend in. Yeah. And then if you're with the church group or with your at church or with your family, then you're like, well, no, they, they put high mark on this and so therefore i'm just going to blend in mm-hmm. so basically you're seeking like approval really. yeah seeking approval but i mean i call that like being a chameleon yeah you know just cloaking whatever you need to cloak to fit in well and they're trying to get approval from the world right yeah and so that's the main problem is we yeah. should be trying to get approval from 
who created the person who created or God who created the world, right? God who so created the world. I think yeah. that's probably the biggest yeah, check mind that off switch. Your box. Yes. People need God to created the world. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, like when we look at this text and when we look at where Steve's kind of taking this teaching time, he's really trying to get us to root down under this. He, he always brings this up, but just this word discipleship. Mm-hmm. Like he even went off on kind of a, a rant on discipleship and how we grow as Christ. It wasn't in any of the slides, but it was just this, this heartfelt passion that the things of God really don't just transfer, transfer to us just simply by going to church, going to a Bible study, doing all the right things. Like I get it. Like there are so many people out there who are just doing the right things things that they can see and put on a list but yet they're not really growing in their faith Mm -hmm. and so steve was like really just once again just saying like discipleship is the way we see that's the way jesus handled it he had the larger crowd then he had like the 170 then he had the 12 then he had the three and he discipled them no that's why i do so many things like the podcasts i do and like because i yearn for that discipleship and just Uh that i guess community aspect of it's not just me reading my Bible and being like, okay, I'm going to be wise on my own, but like yeah. bouncing ideas off each other and growing mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. I mean, God ta- talks to more than one person. So just no, so much faster. That yeah. Way. And I mean, like a very wise pastor, a friend of mine once said like, you know, God doesn't, you know, deposit all of his wisdom in one church or one place. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to have that kind of a broad perspective of like, well, they understand this, and they understand that, and I need to learn from them. Yeah. But when we look at this, this last statement in verse 6, it says, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And so when we look at that, we can say that we know that Jesus walked in faith and in relationship with God. And so this is where the title is coming from. It's also coming from an incredible Dallas Willard quote, but that we should have faith like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so let's let's just talk about that because that one's like a far-reaching one. I mean, like Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus healed illnesses and sickness. Because of his faith and his relationship with the Holy Spirit and his connection with God, he was able to do what he did when he was operating out of the flesh. And so what about for you? Where in your life has somebody called you out and just said, you know what? I think your faith is not deep enough. I think the only person that's called me out on that is myself, really, okay. which is maybe not a good thing. Um, but yeah, like if I'm walking, I was in the city market the other day and like I saw someone on crutches and like I should just go ask him if I could pray for him, but uh-huh. I, I couldn't get myself to do it. Okay. And I just, I guess you could say I didn't have the faith to do it. Okay. And maybe the reason behind that is like, you know, I have prayed for people uh-huh. and things don't immediately happen, right? And that puts a big yeah. like roadblock. Work. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's like, it's trusting God in his plan. And then also, I think if you if you do step out in a big move like that, uh-huh. God will show himself, obviously. Because okay. he always does when you do. Yeah. So, it's just getting to that point. Okay. <laughs> and so, part. yeah. So, we're talking about, like, how do we push ourselves in our own faith? Because maybe we're not in discipleship. Maybe we're not in a group or a community that is just, you know, raising the banner and pushing us forward. But it is our faith. Mm-hmm. But it's our faith in him. And so, really, it's going to root down into what do you believe about him? And so I got a question that I want to go off of that. So you yeah. see somebody in City Market yeah. with crutches, right? And so, you know, like, ah, I'm a follower of Christ. I should heal them. I should pray for them, right? But one of the things that we do see in Scripture is Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, and he only said what he heard the Father saying. So then the question would be, because Steve threw this out there, like, do you take all of your decisions, 
all of the things that you have on the table that you have to make a choice about and lay them before the foot of the cross mm-hmm. and ask God, like, God, is this something we want to do? So here would be something that you could maybe put in the hopper, like, okay, you see somebody in crutches. Yeah. And you see somebody, then the internal conversation immediately begins, like, God, should I go pray for that person? And then if you hear God say, yes, Luke, I want you to go pray for that person. Now do you feel like you might have more confidence? Of course, yeah. Okay, so in that situation, was that your internal dialogue? I, obviously, like, there's a lot of pain and hurt in our world, right? So mm-hmm. there's probably almost no time to, yeah, if you saw whatever you saw, just do it. Yeah. Like, there's no time. Um, so I go off of that feeling I get. I guess okay. I call it the Holy Spirit in okay. that sense. Um, but, yeah, if that feeling was more powerful than, or more, I guess, convicting in a sense than. Okay. Or if you heard a booming voice, you'd obviously, I feel well, like, do it. Obviously, yeah. Like, well, I mean, you know, I've heard his booming voice. I have disobeyed the Holy Spirit multiple times yeah. on even small things where the Holy Spirit was just wanting to help me move forward in my trust. Like, mm-hmm. I'm at the Glenwood Storage Unit where Crossroads Church has a storage unit about, like, you know, 30 miles down the road. And I'm there, and it's not Easter yet, but Easter's coming. I don't always make that trip down that way, and boom, the Easter bins are right in the middle. And it was almost like the Holy Spirit just prompted me. It's like, grab the Easter bins. Mm-hmm. And I mentally just was like, no, 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 no. I got time before I need to get the Easter bins. I'm here to get this, and I got to go. Well, I get home, and then I get a text from one of my coworkers, and she's like, hey, are those crafts that we have in the Easter bins available at church, or are they down in storage? Because I really wanted to use one of them on Sunday. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm thinking it's like two weeks before Sunday. We don't need to do an Easter craft, but she had some other crafts in there, and so I immediately replied back on the text, they'll be in the office on Friday. <laughs> and so there I go. I'm making another trip uh, back to yeah. Glenwood. And if I make a trip yeah. down to Glenwood, well, then there's going to be a Starbucks stop. There's going to be a Wendy's stop. And none of that's good. That's rough. Yeah. But you know. Good lesson. So, so yeah. <laughs> and so it is. But it, it's like, okay, so we take it to the next level. And let's take a look at some of Steve's points from today or from yesterday because he made some you know really valid points as he's looking at us to move forward in our faith to be like jesus mm-hmm. and so each of these points you could be laid over like you can see this scripturally this is how jesus lived and so therefore we're supposed to live it and the first one it says and that's why we're going there luke is we learn to hear the voice of god through the word of god okay And so is there testimony of the transformation of how we see God and ourselves? And so, like, yes, here he's saying, like, through the Word of God. So as we study God's Word, we learn his voice. We learn the way he operates. But, you know, when I throw back out to you, like, you know, if you ask God, like, God, should I go right now and pray for this person? Like, that's the time out that I think we should be looking for as Mm -hmm. we grow our faith. If we're saying he's Lord and we have a decision, we can say in our heart, like, yeah, I see somebody who's hurt, so therefore I should go heal. Mm-hmm. You know, but then I look at, like, the pool, and there were many people waiting to be healed, but Jesus only healed one. Yeah. And it was almost like God said, go heal that man. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, when we look at that, because, you know, what I see is the back doors there, like, oh, I'm, I, I just got my chips and soda and I left. Yeah. I, I didn't pray for them. So my <laughs> faith is weakened today. Mm-hmm. I wasn't obedient. And I think that's where you get back into that mental checklist. And I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
No, and then going back to like knowing the word, I think that's yeah. that's really how I I hear God uh-huh. sometimes is through the word and knowing what He says, like knowing yeah. His character, obviously, and then yeah, the Spirit can like collaborate with that. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's that's the hardest part. It's just okay. like when you tell someone, oh, just pray and you know ask what what God wants. Like, yeah. Well, well, how do I hear Him? How, like, do, I how, hear do, I him? how do I hear Him? How do I hear Him? Yeah. That's I think what a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. Especially my age, because like they want to hear the booming voice, right? Like there's been so many people like I I don't hear the voice of God and they yeah. just don't understand that like, lots of times it's not actually an audible voice. Yeah. And then sometimes it is an <laughs> yeah. audible voice or it's that nudge or it's that just boistering of confidence. Like if you were to say, hey, God, should I go pray for that person on crutches right here, right now in City Market? And then you just feel like encouraged and, in, in re, you know, like inflamed yeah. with like passion, like I have to see this person healed, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you go do it, you know. And so it is. It's kind of like, you know, just that growth of progression. And then as we talked about before, you know, like discipleship is such an element in that because you're probably going to have a mix of people, some who are like, you know, super just hearing from God and moving in God, maybe further along than you or me, and they encourage us to go for more. Yep. You know, to go for more and to say we're going to walk like Jesus. And so that first one is to learn the voice of God. Through the word of God. And yeah. so that would be a very key element. Like, you know, can we understand? What you said is what I, I really lean on a lot. I know the character of my father's heart. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what God is like from studying in scripture, from spending time with him, from journaling and praying. And so I always default like, well, that's his character. You know, but yeah. there's that extra boy string of like, boom. All right, I just asked him, and now I'm really feeling like I got to do this. You know, mm-hmm. I remember one of those moments. I had a guy, you know, just picking up my car um, to tow it down Valley to get it worked on because couldn't get it there. And so the tow truck driver came, super nice guy, but I could tell something was wrong, and he was like in this in- incredible level of pain because he had some teeth that were messed up. And I have experienced that before with cavities. And you're like, ah, like I know your pain. I'm like, can I pray for you? And he was so excited for me to pray for him. Now he didn't say like immediately he had instant relief, but I walked away from that like, whew, I moved a little more closer to living like Jesus lived. Yeah, and that's such a good feeling. Yeah, no, totally. It's amazing, yeah. You know, um, the next thing that Steve said, he says, we learn to discern the will of God. Through the voice of God, through the word of God. And so his little subtitle on that is, how is the spirit of God, how is the spirit of God included in your decisions? I mean, we make so many decisions every day. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's like, I don't think Steve is saying here that we stop. Oh, hold on one second. Let me pray. Do I want a Diet Coke or do I want a regular Coke? I know I should have the Diet Coke, but I really want a regular Coke. Now, I don't think that's what Steve's saying, but what I do see is like there are those bigger decisions. Those are the decisions in our life that we make, and are we really including God? Mm-hmm. So, okay, like you, you, you're you a videographer. Yeah. So whenever somebody proposes a job to you, do you ask if that's God's will for you? Honestly, no, not all the time. Okay. And the way I kind of go about like what you just said is like, yeah, we know the character of God, right? So uh-huh. if someone offers me this kind of job, I obviously know right away, like, no, that's something yeah. I know I'm not supposed to do, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, there's there's some situations where there's prayer needed because you're kind of like, oh, I'm not actually really sure okay. what the decision is on this. So I think it does depend. 
And so um, that's that's like the axe cutting right to it, right? Yeah. Like if you know his character, you're like, okay, yeah, no, I really can't film that horror movie for you. Mm-hmm. Sounds great, but it really kind of goes against my character. It's not really something that I want to film or something, a script that I want to be involved in. Yeah. And so therefore, like, yeah, that's not part of me because that's not part of my father. But then if there's one like, well, you're going to have to travel this much time and – you're just, you know, miss out on these things. you're going to miss out on these things. And so then maybe yeah. you might have to have some discernment. Mm-hmm. And there you go in and you include. And then again, you go to community as well, not mm-hmm. just by yourself. Oh, closet. totally. Like, yeah. Can, that works too. But you can, you know, a lot of times like asking your parents or my mom yeah. and stuff, like what do they think? And they pray about it too. Yeah. And who knows what answers they get. So just going to the community of believers that you know mm-hmm. too to help you out on that. Totally. And I mean, it's like with this, it's like, you know, my daughter, my oldest daughter is like, boom, I'm going to Baylor. And I'm like, well, is that where God said you're supposed to go? I mean, yeah. how much have you prayed about it? And she's like, oh, I need to do that more. I need to seek that out. But I mean, she is just so headstrong. Like, I only need to apply to one college. I'm only going to one college, and that is Baylor. Mm-hmm. You know, and now she watched Baylor football games. I mean, my <laughs> wife chastised us because on Saturday we watched the Baylor game together while the Auburn game was being played at the same time. And I just had to look at my wife and be like, you know, the Baylor game was a little more exciting than the Auburn game, (laughs) you know, and my, my daughter would watch it with me. And so, you know, how do you discern and really just go after it? And so I think it's that process, right? Like know his character. And if you're not sure if this is a solid character thing, then take it more deeper in prayer. And I love how you say include community. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have community, reach out find community um steve's third point was we will learn to walk in the works of god he has prepared for us Mm -hmm. all right so now we get into works like you were talking about like the checklist of things but i think as you grow in this it's like maybe you were supposed to pray for the gentleman or woman in city market or maybe you weren't yeah you know but it's like a work that he's prepared Mm -hmm. and so it's to me it's like man when you answer that lordship question it's like you have to go and ask, like, hey, is this supposed to be something I'm supposed to do right now? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's there's, crazy. There's the, there's the overarching thing, right? Like the Great Commission, go and tell the whole world that I am. Absolutely, God, right? yes. And then from there, that does break down into the smaller, like, okay, uh-huh. do I help this person? Do I help this person? Yeah. Say this to this to this person. So yeah. That's where, like, the filter comes back in. Well, totally. And I mean, like, being on church staff, I mean, I've had times <laughs> where people think just because I work here, I work for them. <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, no. That's not really my problem, you know? Well, I tithe at this church, so you you got to do this for yeah. me. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not a – I don't type for everybody, you know? Uh-huh. But, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, like, there is, like, I have to ask, like, God, how do I spend my time, you know, because the time is so limited. And so sometimes I may have to just pray and just be like – just not feeling led to help you with this. Mm-hmm. I can go here, I can do this, but I can't do that. Yep. And sometimes those are hard conversations because people want you on their team. And I'm not saying that people want me on their team, but people want people on their team. They need help, yeah. And they need help. And so it is this like the prepared works that God has for us is our calling, it's our passion, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's kingdom-minded. And I think that's where a lot of people forget, like what is the kingdom vision you know, that yeah. we're supposed to be living in? That is uh, the fourth point, I think, the kingdom mindset. Yeah, yeah. As we learn to walk as Jesus walked and align with the kingdom ways of God. Are we becoming more aligned with the kingdom of God or the kingdom of this world? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, where, where, where's the generations at on that, the younger generation? Like, are they able to see? I mean, like, you know, this is going back a little bit, but it's being re-raised. Like, my daughter's read them all. Don't judge her. You know, but the Harry Potter series, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, like, can like, can she believe in that 
mystical place and mystical time as it is fiction, but yet still not see that there's the kingdom of God and then there's the kingdom of the world. Yeah. I mean, look at C.S. Lewis, right? Yeah, so, totally. I think the answer to that is pretty clear. But um, yeah, that's, I think that's what divides all of us, right? That's the flesh versus mm. the spirit again. That's the world yeah. versus the kingdom. It's like that great ver- good versus bad. Yeah. And so just figuring out what side you're on yeah. is very helpful, but yeah. very hard for a lot of people. For me, it's easy because, well, easy to, easy to understand, right? Yeah, and easy to understand. To follow it out is <laughs> a little harder. Um, yeah. But I think once you know which side you want to be on and you mm-hmm. have the, almost the facts and the, the faith and understanding to be on that side, it yeah. helps you so much. Yeah. And if, you, if you're unsure, it's just so easy to go back to the world and be like, okay, well, yeah. this must be okay as well. Totally. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, and it is. It's like, you know, when we think about that kingdom vision, Jesus walked in the kingdom of God. He, yep. he came to bring the kingdom of God to us and to show us how we live in relationship with God to live out of that kingdom. And that what was most important, Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, just even in his, you know, conversation with, you know, not Zacchaeus, um, the Pharisee, oh, John three sixteen, the conversation there. Yeah, the only like kind of cool Pharisee in the Bible. Yeah, 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 the only cool Pharisee <laughs> on the Bible. Why can I think of his name? Um, but it, doesn't it start with a J? No, 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 it's not a J. Yeah, people know what we're talking about. Yeah, That's maybe cool. they do, but <laughs> but there was this one guy that Jesus had a conversation with, and he was like an ultra Pharisee. He was like yeah. one of the rulers that would probably in the end want to see Jesus crucified. But you know, his conversation with him was like, you know, he thought like when Jesus is like, "I'm here to bring in a new kingdom," and he's like, "Ah, oh, you're going to free us from Rome," mm-hmm. and, and Jesus was like, "No, nah. I'm here to free the Israelites from sin." Because it's a bigger problem than Rome. And I think sometimes, like, yeah, when we look at the root cause, we want to go to the biggest, most central problem that is out there. And that's what the kingdom of God always does. It just cuts to the root and says, yes, the government's wrong. Yes, there's corruption. Yes, there's poverty. Yes, there's injustice. But this one thing will fix it all. And so when we live in that kingdom mindset, we're saying that I'm available to be used for God to fix the root issue. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to jump in. We've got a question from a listener. Hey, we do get emails. We question. do. First question. Um, this question comes out from a longtime friend and longtime listener. But anyway, he says this. What do we say to Christian teenagers slash college students who only smorgasbord the scriptures, skipping the text about the Lord Jesus being the only way to eternal life. Mm-hmm. So I want to read that. I mean, the, the last part really makes it kind of clear on what this person's going yeah, through, right? He's, he's going like, after one thing. I read the Bible maybe to make whoever proud, right? Or yeah. Like we talked about. Yeah. And they're like, well, I also want to do all these other things yeah. and accept all these other people mm-hmm. in their beliefs. So, you know, he's probably not the only way. There's, there's a lot of ways to, you know. Yeah. And there's whole religions that are based on this idea. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you I know. I the other day, but it's crazy. Um, so... What to say to someone like that? Yeah. Um, I think it goes back to, yeah, not necessarily telling them, like mm-hmm. you said. Obviously, no, absolutely. In a loving way. Yeah. And almost more showing them what that kind of looks like. Yeah. Um, and if you do read the Bible enough, you do understand, and Jesus says it himself, like, yeah. I am the way, the, the truth, and life. life. No one comes to the Father yeah. but through me, right? So it becomes pretty obvious. Like, uh-huh. if you believe this book, well, this is what it says. So yeah. you can either believe that or you can't. Because if you don't believe that, then the whole rest of yeah. it kind of flies out the window. Absolutely. So there's part of it that's, you know, 
logically, you can yeah. understand it. And then also, you know, spiritually and also just having those examples there to show you that we do only believe this thing, not because we hate these other people, yeah. we love these other people, but that's because we believe this is mm-hmm. because we want to show them the truth. Yeah. And that's the loving way to do it. So, And I mean, I think too, it's like, you know, it's like a personal thing where you have to get to a place where you're like, you can say without judgment that somebody who doesn't understand that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father, the only way to God, through his blood sacrifice, that's the only thing that's ever going to pay for our sin, our rebellion, our hardened hearts. That's the only thing that's going to pay for it. You have to be able to look at other people who would be like, oh, no, I really think this is the way, or like, I'm going to do these good works, and so therefore I'm a good person, you know, even though the Bible, you know, speaks so perfectly that that's just not enough you have to be able without judgment to say they're deceived Mm -hmm. and when you can say that someone's deceived then you know like they really believe what they believe and so when we look at this question and we look i love the word smorgasbord like hey we're just going to go for the bible and we're going to look for only the things that really fill me up like oh my identity is in christ and god says he loves me and so therefore i know i'm loved But, you know, I can still do this. He's not my Lord. I'm loved by him without him being my Lord until you take all the scripture and just put it all together. And you're like, there's a lot to this. And so for me, it's like, what do we say? How do we how do we process people who are under this type of deception? I'm going to answer with the, you know, very catch phrase discipleship. We have to have, you know, Christian leaders, people who are following Jesus, living the life that Jesus has called them to live in such a open way that the younger generation can follow. The younger generation can point to them and say, I want to be like them. Like, you know, in our children's program, we like have one main rule, love every kid. Yeah. Love the hardest kid, love the easiest kid, but love every kid. Don't just love the kids who show up to church because their parents come here. Love the kid who shows up to church because he thought it would be a cool place to have community and get pizza. But we just love every kid. And in that statement, we're trying to show them that, hey, we're people who are going to live it real and show you the way. Yeah, it's me when, when people see you, they they yeah. they see Jesus in you, right? Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. So. And, and and a Jesus that points back to God, a Jesus that points back to that yeah, truth. True Jesus, yeah. yeah. Because I mean <laughs> unless we start doing that, unless we start living that way, it's really hard because we need that type of discipleship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think about like the greats that I've met in my life who, you know, can just You know, just boom, see anybody and know their story, know their heart, because they're operating in the spirit, they're operating in the gifts, can pray for that person, can say that key phrase, that word of knowledge that that person needed to hear, and just have them just drop and just be like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. you love me, you know me, and like, I know you because God knows you, and he showed me who you are, and so therefore I love you because God loves you. And when we operate in those types of gifts... Man, that's something to look up to. That's that's when youth will say, I need to rethink what I believe because maybe I didn't believe everything that I should believe. Mm-hmm. Because it is. It, it's going to come into a lordship question. Yeah. And you then know? From there they'll find the kingdom path. So. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, and I, I really do. I think the root issue there is like we need people walking and living that in such a way that demonstrates God's power in this world to where people have to be like, that's real. Mm-hmm. What I was believing is not real. Yeah. Awesome. Um, 
You got anything to land us or wrap it up? Sure. I mean, there's a kind of cool example, I think, uh-huh. that kind of can outline all this. Is like a lot of times people are like, either they don't ask God for very big things. Yes, absolutely. And a lot of times they don't ask God for very little things, right? Yeah. And so there's like that in between for some people. So it's just like, there's a cool story. Um, Ale- this is kind of like from history. So Alexander the Great uh-huh. had all these commanders under him, right? And yeah. he said, they defeated all these people. It's like, I'll give, I'll give you guys anything you want, anything uh-huh. you ask of me, right? And most of them are like, okay, we'll just put in this big sum of money from the treasury. We'll get all this. Yeah. And one of them was like, okay, ask for these crazy amounts of things, you know, uh-huh. all this land. And the the accountant there sitting, like, getting his request, like, laughing at him, like, of course you're not going to get this. Yeah. He's like, no, I, ha- I have faith in my in the promise he made and the command yeah. he is. And he, the accountant brings this to Alexander the Great. He's like, yeah, give it to him. Yeah. And it's just... Sometimes it seems like such a big thing to ask God. Totally. But if it's in his will and it's something you know he mm-hmm. promised you, ask for it and he'll give yeah, it to you. Yeah, totally. And so that goes for the small things too. Yeah. But I thought that was a kind of a cool story to Yeah, and I mean, Steve even brought that up on Sunday. You know, it was like, are we asking God for the big things? Yeah. Are we just settling for the small things? Are we not asking God for anything? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's one of the things that like in our youth programs, we just... Like, kids, dream, dream, because the world and the culture is trying to cut off your dreams. But dream big, know God, and then know what he has for you, and then all things are possible. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? you know, when I was alone in school, I was like, oh, yeah. God, let me fly. Yeah. Oh, I know. I had now, one. <laughs> now, look at my life, though, now. It's, it's been answered in a sense. Like, I, I fly drones for a living. You fly drones for a living. And who knows what else is going to happen in the future, right? Know. So, in yeah. a sense, it was answered. Yeah. And, I mean, I had one middle school <laughs> student, like, you know, we got home from youth group, and he's like, calls like an hour later. I'm having an allergic reaction to my guinea pig's hay. And I'm like, what's up, dude? He's like, dude, I've been jumping off of my bed for an hour because I wanted to fly. Yeah. You know, and I told God, like, I can just let me fly in my room. No one else has to know. No one has to know. I just want to know. And, you know, so it went into a longer conversation of like, you know, you know, what are you going to do? Like, if you do fly, like, mm-hmm. how much is that going to spur your faith? And then I, and I posed him with the challenge. I said, why don't you pray for that one friend that I know you always tell me will never come to youth group and pray that he comes to youth group. He's like, okay, okay, I'll do that instead of asking for fly. And then three weeks later, that student who was asking to fly was actually teaching because he was in a school discipleship program or mentorship program, and they chose me as their mentor. And so they got to teach youth group that night, and his friend came. That's awesome. And his friend continued to come. And so it was like, okay, so now we're kind of lining up with God's will. Yeah. And we're kind of seeing how this plays out. And so it was this great lesson. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to this midweek jolt. We appreciate you listening. Remember, root issues at ccaspen.com. If you have any questions. We love those questions. We love those questions. We thank you for this question. We hope we kind of answered it in some of the cultural ways that we can see and just bridging the gap. Y'all have a great week and we'll see you next week.